Hey, everybody, it's Andrea. Before we start today's show, I have a super quick announcement to share with all of you. Beginning in April, I'm going to be launching a series of college to career live weekend boot camps to help graduating seniors as well as juniors who are confused about what jobs or careers they might want to pursue when they graduate. So imagine going from confused to confident with at least three different career options you'd be psyched to explore by the end of day one of the boot camp. And then learning the tools, tactics, and the strategies to find those jobs by the end of day two. The boot camp is live and it's led by me over Zoom. And you can learn more about it at College to Career Academy. That's college, the number two, career dot academy. Or you can just look me up on LinkedIn and check out the featured section of my LinkedIn page. I can't imagine a better graduation gift for the college students in your life. Thanks so much for listening, and I know you're going to enjoy my next incredible guest. Hi there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Austin Belsack. So how did you pivot? into an entirely different industry, which you did. As we mentioned, you studied biology, you went into sales. How did you get into marketing? Because you moved from Charlotte to North Carolina and started working in your next job as an account manager at RevTrax. Mm-hmm. How, did you, how did you get that job? Yeah, so there were a number of things that, that happened, but really there was one book that was given to me by a friend, you may have heard of it, it's called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And at this point, it's sort of become... At that point, it was sort of... It had this cult following. Now it's become very mainstream. And you know, some people have different thoughts about it. But that book was really life-changing for me because essentially in it, Tim says more or less two things that I took away from it, which were one... Just because everybody is doing something or telling you to, to do something doesn't mean it is the right or best way to do that thing. And then number two was, we don't have to accept the situation that's given to us. We can create our own opportunities. And there's, there's so many golden nuggets in there. But that sparked a couple of things in me. One, reading some of the case studies and reading what Tim had did that really sparked my desire to be an entrepreneur. I didn't really want to work in corporate America or in a 9 to 5. I wanted to have my own thing. And that was my goal for a very long time. But then on top of that, I realized you know, I'd been applying online to so many places. And I just wasn't hearing back from any of them. And I didn't know what to do. And then I read that book and I said, Well, 
everybody's telling me to do this. It's not working. You know, maybe there's a better way. Maybe there's a way that people haven't discovered yet. And so reading that book was really a pivotal moment for me because once I learned that, at this point, I was a couple months into the job search. I had applied to about 250, 300 different companies and I didn't hear anything back. So I took a step back and I said, all right, let me, let me write down the criteria for my dream job. And that was basically... I, I sat down and I thought about where I wanted to work. And so I think a lot of people struggle with where they want to go. That wasn't really the issue for me. And I've, I've coached a lot of people who do struggle with that. So we can talk about that if you'd like. But for me, I looked around and my goal was simple. It was, I want to be an entrepreneur who has an online business. So I might as well work in the field that gives me experience to do that, which is essentially tech and, and digital marketing and advertising. And on top of that, while I worked towards that goal, I eventually wanted, I wanted to get to a company where I could just say, I work here and everybody knew what that was. And everybody thought it was cool. I didn't want to have to explain the weird thing that our company did because I had to do that many times and it was annoying. So I set my sights on tech because at this time, I remember you know, my friend sent me this app called Uber and he was like, dude, you got to check this out. It's super cool. And I looked at it and you could book like a black car from the airport to your house and like that was it. And it was hundreds of dollars. And I was like, I could never afford this. This is not cool. Like this is cool, but like this is, this is not for me. But obviously that had a lot of buzz at the time and Facebook was really starting to hit its stride. And, and so it was sort of the golden age of tech. And I, I said, this is really cool. I like tech. I like the internet. I'm reading these books about creating online businesses. Like, let me explore this space. So I set my sights on Google, Microsoft, Twitter, places like that. And I basically jotted down my criteria. So it was to work for one of those companies was number one. Number two was to be living in a major city in New York, a San Francisco, in LA, something like that. I wanted to be making six figures a year and I wanted to be able to work basically from wherever I wanted and whenever I wanted. I didn't want to be chained to a desk in an office from 9 to 5. So those were my criteria. And I basically went on LinkedIn and I found people who not only met those criteria, but also came from a non-traditional background. So I tried to find people who, let's say, worked at Google on their digital marketing you know, products who didn't come from a tech background or a marketing background. So I tried to find as many of those people as I could. And I talked to, I think, about 25 or 30 of them. And I just was a sponge. I asked them a million questions about their the strategies they used, how they handled these different conversations, what was one thing that they did that nobody else was doing, so on and so forth. And through those conversations, two things came out of it. One, there were very common threads. And then two, there were strategies that I could cherry pick and use myself. But basically, what it came down to was all of these people had two things in common. The first was they all got a referral into the job that they were currently in. They, they didn't necessarily apply online except outside of a formality. And then two, most of them had done what we just talked about before, which is they found a creative way to showcase their value. They had either some sort of portfolio online or some body of work that they could point to to say, this is the value that I bring. Like This 8.5 by 11 black and white sheet of paper called the resume doesn't do justice to who I am. Let me show you who I am. And so they created this body of work. And I took those two principles and I basically made it my mission to tear apart the hiring process, understand how it worked and leverage those two principles to make the transitions. Amazing. I also believe simultaneously to all of this, you were studying in whatever free time you had digital marketing, right? You were teaching yourself while you were working at 
the job you hated, how to do digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was basically the body of work piece, right? So I really invested heavily into two things. One was understanding how relationships works. Because one thing that I also learned from the 4-Hour work week was that anything is, is really learnable. Everything in life is a skill. And skills can be honed and practiced and improved. And a lot of us, we have these self-limiting beliefs where, you know, I'm an introvert or I'm not good at talking to people or I have social anxiety and I am an introvert and I uh, have social anxiety. And I knew that despite those things, if I wanted to get this job and I wanted to make these goals happen, I had to find a way to overcome that. And so I just dove into the science because I figured if I could have a playbook, if I could have, you know, these formulas that were rooted in data and research that I would feel a lot more comfortable with this stuff versus just trying to wing it. And so I spent a lot of time researching relationships. At the same time, I knew that I needed that body of work. And so I did exactly what you mentioned. I started by just taking courses on digital marketing. I started broad just to understand what was available to me in the field in terms of disciplines. I really enjoyed search engine optimization. And I really enjoyed content marketing. And I really enjoyed pay-per-click advertising is what it's called. But anyways, like Google ads or Facebook ads. And so I decided to focus in on the pay-per-click advertising and search engine optimization because those were the two things that you could really start making money from quickly. And so I started by just volunteering my services. So I went to these different businesses and I would do a competitive analysis for them. And I would say, look, your competitors are using these things and either you're not or they're beating you. So let me help you and I'll do it for free because I'm trying to gain more experience in this field. So there's really nothing for you to lose. You can quote fire me if it's not working out for you. And I did that a couple different times until I had some case studies where I could say, you know, hey, I've done this for these types of clients. And then I started charging and I just started small. It was like, you know, 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month. And with every new client I took on, I would, I would increase my prices. And basically, I was getting paid to learn by these companies. And I think a, a big mental blocker, self-limiting belief that we have is, you know, who am I to do this? I'm not an expert. And again, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat a dead horse here. But in the 4-Hour Workweek, uh, Tim mentions the definition of an expert is simply just knowing more than the audience that you're speaking to. And so a lot of the businesses that I targeted were small businesses that were founded by folks who weren't very tech savvy. They didn't really know how to do any of this marketing stuff. And so my... I was a far cry from an expert in the space, but I knew more than they did. And they were getting a deal because they didn't have to pay the prices that they would normally have paid. So that really worked in my favor. And I did that for several years, 3-4 years, I, I think, kept that business going. And that was the experience that I heavily relied on to land my jobs in, in New York, initially at RevTrax, as you mentioned, and then to go on to land at Microsoft as well. Specifically at Microsoft, the stuff that I did in my side hustle was hyper relevant to the role that I had at Microsoft. So that body of work, again, I didn't have to play in even in the real world, the pool of resumes and online applications, I could take a sidestep, I could build relationships with people at these companies who I, I didn't necessarily know at the time. And then I could leverage that body of work to say, hey, I, I might not have the on-paper experience, but let me show you the results that I've delivered in the real world. You know what this sounds like to me, Austin? It sounds like you were doing the equivalent of like a lab, what you would have done when you were back in school in biology. And I'm guessing that that's the part 
of what you were studying in school that really lit you up? Making a hypothesis and then testing it and iterating from there. It's funny you mentioned that because I got the F in chemistry, but I got an A in that chemistry lab. So you, you are right on, Andrew. That, that's, I, I feel that, that was good. That was good. So let's fast forward. As you said, from RevTrax, you then moved on to Tabula, which was another type of marketing firm promoting brands at the moments your audience is most receptive to new messages, products, and services. Very interesting. And then you got the job at Microsoft. What did that feel like when you got that job? Yeah, so it was a bit of a crazy experience. So I worked at RevTrax for about a year. And then I got the job at Taboola. And I immediately realized that this was not for me. And that made me more motivated to get in the door at these other places. So I started at Taboola in March of 2015. And I actually started interviewing with Google in in April of 2015, so very shortly thereafter. But the Google process took an incredibly long time. It took about six months total from end to end for the entire interview process. And that was... It was a lot. And I faced a lot of these questions about not having enough experience despite going well above and beyond to demonstrate that I did have the experience specifically because all the freelancing I did was with their product, was with Google Ads. So I sort of felt like Google wasn't seeing the value in me. And they were more just kind of... I was so tenacious that they I wouldn't let them go away because they were my dream company. And then I got the call from Microsoft originally over the summer. And they had a role open. And that ended up actually getting filled by an internal employee. But I kept in touch with the recruiter. And I kept in touch with a couple of people that i spoken to at Microsoft. And... That resulted in me getting in the door for the next role, which which was actually the job that I got hired for. And then Twitter was in the mix here as well. But it was really interesting because I actually told my wife that I didn't want to interview at Microsoft because if I took a job at Microsoft, I would ruin my chances of working at Google. And she looked at me like I was crazy and she kind of shoved me back into the process, which you know I'm forever grateful for. But it was the best feeling. I remember we were coming home and the US Open was on and we had just gotten to the grocery store and I got a call and it was from the Microsoft recruiter. And she said, you know, we're going to make you an offer. It's non-negotiable. Here's the number. And it was literally 500% more than I had made out of college and double what I was making at my current company. And I was like writing the offer down on a piece of paper and my hands were shaking. And I hung up and and like I gave Lily my wife a big hug. And that was like probably the most like getting the job at Microsoft and marrying Lily were the two like biggest moments in my life. Oh, even more so I would say than jumping into this business full time. Like nothing would have happened without those two other things. So it it's it was the best best feeling in the world. It's gonna be tough to beat. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.